Good morning, Remy. Good morning, Brett. I feel so out of sorts. Um, well, since we've well, since I've been back to Minnesota, we're back on a different time schedule, and you're two hours behind me, and we hardly ever talk. The most that we talk in a week is on Wednesday mornings or Thursday mornings now. <laughs> I know uh, we have a lot of stuff going on and like none of it's bad. I just, uh, one of my kids has a field trip today and the teacher texted me last night. She's like, are you guys going? So I'm actually waiting to hear back from her. Cause I was like, if you can't take him, I can't make it. We just have a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a lot. And I just want it to stop. I mean, I don't want it to stop, but I want it to be. It feels like I'm riding a wave of a lot of things right now. And I just can't control it. Although yesterday we had a an ulcer scoping clinic at the house. So that took a lot of time up. Yeah. It, was, it was very neat, though. It's neat to listen to the vet and watch it happen. So that's pretty cool. And you're way into science. So I bet that you did enjoy that. So that was neat. How was Mother's Day for you? Good. First of all, welcome to Coffee with Cowgirls, everybody. <laughs> we kind of like zoomed right into it this morning. <laughs> um, yeah, Mother's Day was good. Uh, my mom and dad actually came up on Friday, this past Friday, and we haven't seen them since before we left. I think it was October. Um, so that was good to see them. The only thing that kind of stunk was the weather was really shitty. It rained the entire time they were here. Um, I did a thing last week and I threw out all my furniture in my living room, Remy, because I'm yeah, we have, yeah. So do you still not have furniture? Cause you were going to go garage sailing for all of your furniture. <laughs> have you seen how expensive furniture is? My God. Yes, I have. Um, yeah, no. So the, the furniture is still not replaced. Um, so there wasn't a ton for us to do and the work never ends because we live on a farm. So you could have built furniture in the rain. I, I could have, yes, I could have, but it was good to see my mom and dad. We didn't get to do a lot of fun things, um, because of the weather, but it's quite rainy now and now it's nice. It is really hot here. And uh, yeah, it's just hot now. We're like fully in the, it's like 90, it was 90 degrees yesterday. So I thought it was going to die. You're into it. You're into the thick of summer. Are into it. Um. What? So your mom came up. What else did you do for Mother's Day? I think we talked about this. We did, I did nothing. We, we did talk about this because <laughs> our days were much alike. Um, and I, I felt so guilty for it because I did not a whole lot of anything, Remy. Like literally I took Netflix and chill to a new level. I feel like. <laughs> I watched uh, reruns of Law and Order. Uh, I woke up or we woke up. Um, James had some cow stuff to do. So he took one of the boys with him. Um, he got the other boy situated. And I did nothing. I didn't get out of bed until like uh, 4.30 or 5. Then we'd I'd hook up the trailer to go pick up some cattle at a lease and uh, came home. 
It was fantastic. People were like, oh, did they spoil you? I was like, yes, by not asking me for anything all day. I know. And I didn't want to plan anything. You know, I didn't want to plan anything. I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to do nothing. And that's what I got for Mother's Day was doing Me too. Me too. Yeah. No. um, Have you seen The Marvelous Life? I think it's The Marvelous Life of Mrs. Maisel. Mm -hmm. I love that show. And the newest season was released a month or so ago. So that's what I watched. Season. The last season. Which I really love that show, so it sucks that it's gonna be it's over. Yeah, I uh, like I said, I, I caught up on all my Law and Order uh, shows, so I'm all good. It sounds them. like you caught up on all of them from like 1989 and well, no, now. because they re-released the <laughs> Law and Order this year, so I caught up on Law and Order SVU. I caught up on uh, Criminal or Organization or Organized Crime, and now they're they've got another got another Law and Order, so I'm all caught up on those. They re they restarted Law and Order with Sam Watson. Like awesome, but yeah, so I'm all caught up now. Oh, and it um well it was a big weekend this weekend because it was my dad's birthday, my dad's seventy sixth birthday on Friday, Bodie's fifteenth birthday on Saturday, and my mom's seventy sixth birthday on Sunday. So we had three birthdays this weekend along with Mother's Day. Um, Bodie to you did them, you celebrated them Indian style on your bare floor because you <laughs> We did. We did. You know what? It's so funny because um, my dad's like, I can't believe that you don't have living room furniture. And I'm like, I can't believe that, that you think, or you, I can't believe that you can't believe that I don't have living room furniture because that is kind of who I am. Like, <laughs> I don't know. We're outside more than we are inside. And uh, yeah, like. Stuff like that doesn't phase me. Um, I don't know. We had a we had a good time though. Uh, Bodhi, Bodhi, we did the whole birthday thing for him, and that was fun. He didn't do anything real spectacular, but it was fishing opener this weekend in Minnesota, and so he got to, or he went fishing on Saturday night in the rain, and did catch a couple walleye. So yeah, you should take him fishing like you took him hunting last year. Seen you in all your. I have fishing. taken him fishing. I'm a much better fisherman than I am a hunter. <laughs> and uh, we had oh boys had baseball this weekend again. We had our final games of the regular season, so that was. Now we're in the playoffs. So it's another reason um, I'm tired. <clears throat> we, someone was planning a birthday party for this weekend, and she was like, "Hey." Can the boys make it? And I was like, I won't know until I know if we win or lose their first games because it depends on depends on that. But both boys won, so we don't have any games until next week. Well, I think I said it last week that Bronson started baseball last week. This is his second week. And oh my God, Remy. Last night was baseball practice and that child is so particular. I love him, but he makes me crazy. Like, we were both losing our shit last night before um, baseball because he couldn't find his baseball belt. And you can't wear baseball pants if you don't have the baseball belt, Remy. Okay. He was having a meltdown. I was having a meltdown because he was having a meltdown. We were both having a meltdown. 
I'm, so I just leave the boys' pan belt on their pants. I never take it off. I send it through the washing machine with their belt on their pants. That's probably what I'm gonna do. So it was like an all-out brawl. I know everybody loves hearing stuff like this. That it is normal that you fight with your children. I do it often. We're both screaming like lunatics um, at each other, running around. He can't believe his life has come to this, that now he has no baseball belt, so he can't wear his baseball pants, and he's going to have to wear shorts, and it's going to be so embarrassing for us because he will be the only child out there in shorts, and I was like, believe me, I really don't care if you're out there in shorts or not. It will not be embarrassing for me. I promise you, I will be fine. <laughs> uh, so he goes to baseball. He is not the only kid in shorts. All is well. He comes home. He is grumpy as hell. We still eat supper around the dinner table every night, pretty much. So we're eating supper at nine o'clock last night. And he's just so salty, Remy. I mean, incredibly freaking salty. He, I, We send him to bed. He's laying in bed and he just looks emotionally distraught, wrung out. And I don't see him like this very often. So I'm like, what is wrong? I feel terrible. And he's half-ass crying. I'm like, is this still over a damn baseball belt? No, I'm fine. Just leave me alone. I'm crying because you won't leave me alone. And I'm like, oh my God. So I'm, you know how you get when like, you're just not really sure what to do. I started looking around because I'm just like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this child? And as I'm looking around, guess what I see? Baseball belt. And I just bust out laughing. And he <laughs> throws the pillow off his head and he's like, where do you see it? Where's it at? He knew, he knew I found it. I'm like hanging on your doorknob, but it was hanging underneath of a black school bag. So you couldn't, it looked just like the handle of the school bag. You couldn't see it. It was like an episode <coughs> of Waldo last night. Uh, yeah, it is always a, it's always a train wreck for us. I'm like, do you guys have all your stuff? Yeah, I got all my stuff. And like, inevitably one of my kids forget something. But Please it's tell crazy. me that it just ends in a screaming match and everybody's pissed and uh, why the hell are we doing that? And then everybody's happy and. I go, I go, because uh, it's like we're, we're getting ready, right? Hey, we've got to leave at this time and I'm doing something else. And then we get in and like. You know, we need to be in the car by 310. And it's like 311 when I'm walking out and like they're filling up a water bottle. Do you have your stuff? Yeah, I think it's in there. And it's like, you had two hours to think it was in there. Like, so then I get upset. But uh, like Brayden, who's my lefty, forgot his glove one day. I had to oh, call and then he can't he, borrow from anybody. No, he can't because he's a lefty. So I got a, so James ended up bringing up the glove. But uh uh, I thought I was going to have a fist fight in between my own kids in the dugout because... Uh, oh, Brain I thought you meant with you. You were going to have a fist fight with somebody. No. I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 like, I'm an assistant on that team. I'm the third base coach. But uh, the... Um, Brayden plays first base. Yeah, he's a very good first baseman. He would be playing another position if he wasn't left-handed. And Trent plays third. And he's a very good third baseman also. And uh, there's a team that's a pretty good team. So they had a runner on third that was trying to come home, but it wasn't a force out. So Trent threw it home. 
like perfect throw catcher catches it but it, like you know they're little and the mitts are the catcher's mitts are tough for them so he goes tag the runner ball falls out runner safe and Braden yells across he's like throw it to first for the out next time Trent's like okay a couple plays later same thing lines up Trent throws the ball home just like he's supposed to catcher catches it tags a runner drops the ball and the kid that was catching is a very good player also but he doesn't usually catch. He's usually our shortstop. And uh, Braden's like, I said to throw it to first to make the out. And I was like, okay. Like, I get it. Same thing. Third out. Same thing happened. Third time, same Ruby, thing. I just know a little part of you is smiling inside. because. So I'm, like, well, and I'm laughing <laughs> because it's him. <laughs> he's making the right play. Like, he, if you don't like baseball, none of this makes sense. So it doesn't matter anyway. He's making the right play. He's stopping the run. And it hit the catcher in the chest every time. And so there's like two things that happen. So they're walking in and Trent looks at our uh, our catcher and he goes, and again, that's usually our shortstop. Our catcher was gone. And uh, he goes, hey, when you're catching for me and, I, and we're going to try, like in the playoffs, if you're going to catch, just wear your normal glove. Because he, they would have had all three outs if he had his normal glove on because it wasn't the throw. It's just, you know, Little kids have a hard time keeping the mitt closed, the catcher's mitt closed because it's heavy. And then Braden comes in and like he is crying, like, like angry tears, right? And he was like, three times we could have the out. We could have the out three times. And their coach is like, yeah, but Braden, it was the right play. Like that's a heads up play. That's how they're supposed to, it's supposed to happen that way. He's like, three times, three times we would have had the out. And they wouldn't have scored. They go, well, no, they still would have scored. Like they, those two runs would have scored without, um, without uh the out the out because we didn't have three outs so it was just yeah it was it was a lot and then we're leaving and Braden's like all teary-eyed like this is like three innings later we won by a lot anyway and it's like and he's like I just I can't say anything because coach Rich and dad are gonna be mad but he should have thrown it to me and all this stuff I said okay so we're sitting there on the lawn. Uh, we're sitting there like at the field on the lawn as everyone's else walking past us because I got to handle this situation. And I go, okay, so next year, do you, when you guys play up a division, do you want him to stop the run from scoring or get the out? He goes, stop the run from scoring. I said, okay. Then he made the right play. He made the right play. He didn't make the wrong play. He made the right play. He's like, I know, but we could have had the outs. I said, but you wanted the out, right? You wanted to be the guy that got the out. He's like, yeah. I said, okay. So that's a little selfish that you wanted the out instead of, stopping the run but yeah it's a it's a lot and then uh watching so i don't know if i get more nervous watching my kids hit or watching kyle in particular hit i don't worry about brain energy hitting but kyle does it when he hits he hits really well but a lot of times he doesn't want he'll sit up there and not swing if it's not perfect and that's almost worse than watching him pitch so that was fun yesterday during the playoff game but he had a good hit we made some good outs, but oh man, well, baseball is tough. Watching, I think watching your kids again, like it's harder for me than watching my kids ride horses because I can't fix things for them out there. And I can't put them on an animal that's taking care, like that I've trained well enough to take care of the situation for them. As a mother who's been involved in lots of boys' sports for me, it's a lot easier to watch baseball than it is wrestling. Have you, have your kids wrestled? No. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just don't do it. 
Like I, I literally wanted to physically climb out on the mat there with them. And I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, that was baseball mom in it. And then we got a week off from baseball. We don't have a week off, but I got, I got some time off from baseball. I feel like summer is going so fast. Um, it's already, well, we have just split shows this weekend, like close ones that we're going to go to each day. And then next weekend, we have a three-day weekend of shows. And then the following weekend's Memorial Day. And then we leave for our Cincy finals. So it's crazy. Yeah, we've got the big show. This I, I think that's the other thing is... I was like, oh, after Vegas, we'll have a break. Well, I guess it's been a month, but we've got the show, the big show in Norco that, you know, we can't have at our house right now. So I'm not looking forward to all of the setup and movement of that stuff. And I think, I think that's the hard part for me right now. I'm so tired is like, we just have to keep moving to do what was very easily done here at the house. So it's just another layer of, of tiredness. Uh, Big shout out to my old college roommate, Molly Armstrong. Molly's from Indiana and she listens to us regularly and she always watches on YouTube and then she'll comment on YouTube. And yesterday she um, commented about my washer saga and appreciated it, I think. Anyway, it's more on my washer saga. The son of a bitch is still not working. The guy has been out here four freaking times. Do you make him like wait through an entire load with you? Cause that's what I would do. Yeah. I, um, I have, but they've got me so scared right now, Remy, because they like, I have the industrial size Maytag washer. It is huge. Now they only wanted me, put, they will only want me to put four pairs of jeans in there. Why do I have this? Effing $1,500 washer if I can only put four pairs of jeans in there. Can't. I wash four pairs of jeans in there and then it fills up with water and then it won't spin out. So. God bless America. I just. I'm getting really freaking pissed off and I'm afraid they won't even answer my calls anymore. <laughs> They're going to have to because it is. I'm telling you folks, just go with the simplest thing you can find. All this other bullshit on appliances. Don't do it. Yeah, I uh, I like my washer because it makes this like, when it's done, it makes this like, cute little chime. Like, it's kind of long. It's like a five second. It's like, Doo -doo 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 -doo. I was like, is that going to make me feel better doing like all the laundry? It doesn't make think, me feel better. But, like... I haven't heard mine in a while, Remy, but mine does the same thing and so anywho, moving on. You know, it's a, uh... yeah, I, when we bought our new stuff, I was talking to the guys at Home Depot, because I can't remember which ones I was looking at. Yeah, and uh, I was like, oh, you know, what's the best company? And they're like, uh, Google, which has the best reviews right now. He's like, because it switches every two or three years. He's like, it used to be Maytag, and then it was LG, and then it was Samsung, and then LG got really bad, and then LG got good again, so... They were like, oh. uh, just Google reviews. But uh, I had Maytags for a long time, but now I have Samsung and I like it. So. I'll yeah. say that now mine will quit working, so I shouldn't jinx it. <laughs> Fingers crossed. You know what's going to happen. 
Uh, this weekend, I talked to a good friend and client of ours, and she was on her way to Idaho for the Colleen Kling Memorial. And um, I've never, I never met, had never had the fortune to meet Colleen, but I know her husband Larry and daughter Heather well, and extremely amazing people. So, anywho. I was talking to her on the phone. She was on her way out there. She was sitting at the airport waiting to catch a plane to get to Idaho. And I just smiled when she said that that's what she was doing and thought to myself, like, cause they're pretty new to horses. Like look at where horses have taken them in such a short amount of time. Um, and I think that we kind of forget that, right? Like what's, these amazing animals actually do for us. I mean, they give us everything they have when we're on their back, but it's so much more than that. They give us the opportunity to see things that we never thought we would see, meet people that we would have never had the opportunity to meet. It's pretty amazing when you really think about it. Yeah. And the horses help you create your own community of like little weirdos, right? Because you're a, because, and I say that like with all love, right? But it's like, you wouldn't meet a lot of these people if you didn't have horses, because a lot of times like their jobs, their lifestyle are so vastly different from yours that you wouldn't run across them if it wasn't for horses. And then having horses and competing, and I say competing because like not everyone's going to compete, that's great. But like, think of the family that you create at those horse shows, right? Some of your best friends will be at those horse shows and you only see them you know, once every couple months or once, depending on the year, right? Or once a month. And you wouldn't have that opportunity. You wouldn't have that closeness. And it's, you have a friendship that ends up being created by battle. Like as far as, you know, getting up early, cause think about it. Like you run into people when you're feeding at five 30 in the morning. And sometimes you have these really great conversations with people that you probably wouldn't even talk to at the show a lot. Right. Because they don't ride with you. You create a camaraderie with yeah, because, you know, people over the oddest things. We're all out here doing dumb things to pay a lot of money to ride wild animals. Yeah. Um, that is funny that you say that, Rumi, because like about the 5 a.m. feedings and running into somebody that you might not have formed a connection with before. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden you've got like camaraderie over feeding at 5 a.m. and you formed a connection and a friendship over something as simple as that. Yeah. Or it's like you're at a show, right? And your horse goes down or a bridle breaks. And it's very neat in what we do. Cause there's always someone to step in. That's like, Oh, you can borrow this. You can use this. You can try this. And um, it makes you feel better about people in general because you're surrounded by like, it, it's a, it's very funny to me when you look at the, how horses, connect like all different levels of people with all different levels of passion because think about it when you go to like a team penning right you've got a businessman you've got the stay-at-home mom you've got uh, people that work at nine to five you've got self-employed guys you've got guys that work in the deli business and the entertainment business and law and you know they wouldn't you wouldn't really put them all together in the same room if you thought about it but, you know, they're all sitting there having a drink together and talking. And what else happens, too, is you realize that everyone has problems. 
when you talk to them on horse show, right? Everyone has problems and you might think that they don't have problems because they got the fancy horses or the big rig. And then you start talking to them and you're like, oh, you just have a fancier problem than me. Same problem, dressed up differently, same problem. That's, that's what uh, the other night we were having a phone conversation with another client and I just said, I, I just love you guys because you make me feel so damn good. Like we're not the only ones who have a shit ton of problems or, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's just real. Everybody has problems. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, also shout out to Stacy Acre. Uh, we will be selling raffle tickets for a saddle for her, but she, uh, fell off of a haystack. On Mother's Day. It broke her pelvis and her uh hips. I just saw an update, so they did surgery, but they couldn't do surgery on her arm. And, uh, yeah, that sucks. She broke everything on the one side. And my mom had a similar thing happen in a car accident, but she broke everything down her left side. So she had to go and live in a inpatient rehab for a while. I don't know what's going to happen with Stacy, but my mom had to live in an inpatient rehab. But, you know, she's a hairstylist. Like, it's not like she can work from home. You know, and that is something she was doing a job that she's probably done a thousand times and didn't even think anything of it, you know? Um, we had a tragic accident here over the weekend on, it was actually on Mother's Day. Just south of us, about a half hour, is a, is a arena called Birch Cooley Arena. It's in a very beautiful part of the world that we live in. He's, they do ranch rodeo there. Remy, just to give you a little background, but the man who owns it, his name was Tim, Tim Hennon. And there is a coulee that sits right on the property that is beautiful that you ride down through. But I don't know what happened, but we did have lots of rain. Maybe that had something to do with it, but he was enjoying his most favorite place on earth, trail riding through that coulee on Sunday when he had um, a horse accident and he ended up getting killed. So, um, sending our prayers out to the Hennon family, Tim Hennon family. I know that this is probably a very difficult time for you right now and want you to know that we're thinking about you. Oh, it's, uh, it's, I mean, that's the other thing too, like as you get old, like right when you're younger, you know that bad things can happen and then you're old, when you're older experience tells you for sure bad things can happen and quickly. So we, you know, and we've been around a lot of just bad wrecks that, you know, you could not have planned for, but it's, it's scary when you, uh, James is much more timid when we ride outside than I am because I, uh, go running across things I probably shouldn't. And James makes very sure that he, uh, I'm then, scared going down the gravel road horse back. So. <laughs> how'd your, how are your speeders doing? Did you okay. start carrying rocks to throw things at them? So I do have a, well, it's, um, it happened last night. So I am trotting down the road, long trotting down the road. And so our road like goes around the lake, but there's a side road I can take that takes me off of the lake road. So if I feel like the traffic's really heavy on my, Lake Road, I will go up on that side road to avoid all of that. Yeah. But I have to take just a little bit of it to get back home. So as I'm trotting down my Lake Road, I see 
the school bus for our community, she's coming through town or she's going to come past me to go through town to drop the kids off. And I think it's a woman who drives. She is effing crazy. She drives like a maniac. And I'm not kidding because I've seen her before. So she scares me. So I've seen her coming from a ways away. And I'm like mapping in my head what I'm going to do because that's how I do trail riding. And I'm like making my horse go a lot faster so I can get to that side road so I don't have to have her go past me because she won't slow down. And when she comes on our road, I mean, she's definitely going all of 60 plus with kids on the bus. So I get to my side road and I'm already kind of going away from her when she comes around the lake road. Well, I heard like she hit a pothole or <coughs> hit something hard, Remy, going fast. And I heard it when she hit it and I was like, holy shit. And then it wasn't long after that she was pulled over. And I had already turned around to come back. And I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? I don't want to go past this woman. I want her to leave because I don't want to go past her and then have her come flying up behind me and get my ass bucked off. So I'm like, kind of waited around to see what she was going to do. And she just sat there and sat there and sat there. And finally, I, I was like, screw it. So I just took off. And by the time I got to her, she took off. Well, then when I get home, Bronson tells me that I need to call my girlfriend, Christy, whose little boy rides the bus, Bone. Bone is only like six, I think. So when I heard them hit that bump, Bone fell out of his seat and hit his head on the freaking floor and had to get two staples in his forehead. How crazy is that? I'm not like exaggerating when I talk about the people. And I did write an email that people, they don't really care what I have to say. They don't think that it's a big deal. So I did do my civilian duty there and tried. Because remember I was talking about the pothole that can't be filled in by the county because it's on a private road, but they won't let them put yes. the Well, that was like, there's a school bus and it's a big school bus. It's not a little bus. It's a big bus, right? And, uh, so the lady, the school, and it's, it's also a lady, the school bus driver gets like, tries to go around the pothole onto the dirt. And it's like, it's stuff that you would plant. Like that's how deep the dirt is. Like you could, like, it's supposed to have grass on it. They just don't plant it because he'd rather just um, till it with the tractor because it looks cleaner. Right. So I'm saying that because it's deep. So she goes, go around the pothole one time, gets stuck, buried all the way up to like, all the way up to the frame on the school bus. Mm-hmm. Gets a record to pull her out and then next day comes down the road and does the same thing and i was like i'll give you once i'll give you once you didn't know how soft it was because it looks like it's just going to be dirt it's not but it looks like it's just going to be like a hard factor but the second time like the second time and the second time she had kids on there and i was like how do you keep your job and also why don't school buses have seatbelts? like i know why but that seems very dangerous to me. I don't know. I mean, I like when I'm not even on the bus and I'm scared of her coming past me, I feel like that's a problem. I mean, I was mapping it out in my head how I was going to navigate her. <laughs> uh, so Remy um, had recommend that I listen to a podcast yesterday. I don't even know what was it called, Remy? Who Whose podcast was that? I don't know. 
You don't know either. No, I had to like search it because James had me watch it with him. It was a, so Cody Ole. Um, it was so, about, they interviewed Cody Ole. They interviewed Cody Ole after the match. So he just had a match roping for the uh, kid that got hurt. I think it was the calf roper that got hurt. I and, okay, Yeah, they did a terrible job of outlining who everything was for. And it's like, it's almost two hours. So I don't, I mean, it's a long podcast. I know a lot of the backstory coming into it. And was I it still. Caleb Driggers? No, it was. They a, kept saying Caleb. So I really yeah, wasn't. Caleb, I can't think of what his name is, but uh, his last name. Anyway, Cap Roper got in a bad wreck. And that's why he had like a bunch of guys donating um, stuff to him. So Cody Ole did like a 5,000, I don't know, some match. Ro I should have more information from me. A match roping where he said he would match anyone and all the proceeds would go to this. And so then he um, matched someone and I think he won. But he was supposed to go in for knee replacement surgery a couple years, or a year ago. And again, I'm great at details apparently this morning, but I also got ready as soon as Breck texted me, which is this look right here. It's this hot look. I know. Well, I go to bed super early, Remy, up here. So Brandon told me this morning that you would text me and I'm like, I dead to the world. Yeah. So uh, world. I, uh, okay. So he does his match roping and then the, there's a camera crew that came and um, I, they taped it and then they did a, an interview with Cody Ole, and it was very, very interesting. So, um, and uh, I think if you watch the 12 gauge podcast with Joe Beaver, it's also helpful because he talks about, so when those guys were rodeoing and Joe was older than Cody and kind of like just the generation above him, although they rodeoed together, but he was like the generation above him. Those guys were winning so much. Right. Like, and they lived like rock stars, right? They flew everywhere. They drank hard. They partied hard and they took full advantage of being king shit in the rodeo world. And yeah. it, it, um, and it caught up to all of them eventually. And uh, so Cody had a knee replacement surgery. And when they got in, it ended up going toxic and into his hip, which I guess technically he was got staff and. And so he made a deal with God, like we all do when we're in pain and trouble. He goes, like, you know, if you just get me out of this, I will uh, live my life as a testament. So he quit drinking. He quit doing a lot of stuff. And because he was in the hospital for so long, it helped him get sober. And uh, so his daughter talked to him when he got out. She goes, I don't care what you do with the rest of your life, but just don't drink again. So that was... Uh, it was interesting, and he talked about like uh, when he was in Vegas this year. He goes like, "We with the I think the best line for me." There's a lot of very good lines in it, but he talks about like what happens when you win. You want to go celebrate, right? Which is how they all went drinking. Goes and I won a lot, and it made me laugh. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard though, because he's like, "And I won a lot." I um was actually just gonna say that because uh, that was like the part that I took away too. Is like he talked about like all the celebrating and he's like i i did i won a lot and i celebrated a lot and um like and so he talked about like in vegas doing? this year right he goes he goes what do you want to do with when you're with your friends you don't want to drink water right you don't want to be that guy you don't want to be left out and it's funny because he talks about not wanting to be left out and then he also talks about you know 
being okay, being like, because he uses the word bold, right? Like he's bold in what he's doing. But he said that like this year in Vegas, right? He's like, hey, whatever glass they're drinking out of, just pour me some Dr. Pepper Coke, put a lime on the rim. So it looks like I'm part of the deal. And, uh, but he said he's not drinking. It, it was neat though. And he talked about, you know, he talked about a lot of things. He was very open about a lot of things, but it's, uh, Feel like I just jinxed us, Remy. Rem? Not sure who it is today. Remy. That's just me again. It's always me. Breck likes to disappear. Anyway, look up a uh, Cody Old Podcast. It'll make you feel better about your life and that other people struggle. I feel like it was not, I was just thinking in my head, like, oh my God, our videos being. I don't know. We both, today. we both like got stuck in the spinny circle of death. So I don't know. The spinny circle of death. <laughs> oh. No, but it was, it was neat to watch. Right. But he, yeah, I, I think the, one of the hard things for me to take away was um, he talked about, you know, his daughter asked him to quit drinking and, you know, he, uh, he talks about his ex-wife as his wife, right? She's still his partner in his life because of their kids and that she supported him through a lot. And, uh, but he said he had a friend reach out to him about how he got sober, about how to quit drinking. And he's like, well, if you can't look at your daughter in the, at that baby in the crib and not stop drinking, then I can't do it for you. And all I was thinking, I was like, but you didn't quit drinking for your family until you had this life changing revelation. So that was a, was a slightly odd takeaway for me when he talks about changing. So, uh, but yeah, he, t you know, he, he, it's, and it's crazy too, because you think of a guy like that, that was so successful and so dominant for so, for so long. And like you say, he goes, I didn't have much to show for it. I didn't have anything to show for it. Now is what he yeah. said. Yeah. Now he did all of that, all of that winning and he has huge accolades and accomplishments. And he said, I don't have anything to show for it now, yeah, you know, and but I, my kids, my kids and my, yeah. Kids. And you know, it's like, he's rebuilding his deal and he's doing clinics and, um, and he, I loved how he talked about God, like mm -hmm. God put him on the top of the mountain and showed him how great or what the thought of greatness could be. And then he had to put him under the mountain to so he could see his true worth basically is what he was saying and when he did that that's when he started giving back and giving more of himself yeah and so um it also relates to the same thing right like we all struggle and i think that's the hard so i think that's the hard part too when you're younger is that if I could just make it, right? If I could just get to the top, if I could just be on top, everything would be okay. So there's two things, like 
fortune is a cruel mistress, right? So you get to the top of the wheel of fortune and it will suck you right back underneath the bottom. It'll also kick you back up to the top, right? But like for everything that's good, there will be a bad time. And for every bad time, there will be numerous good times. And there's a lot of stuff in the middle, right? There's a lot of just okay times. But when you're younger, you don't realize that, right? If I could just make it, right? If I could just win the world multiple times, I'd want for nothing in my life, which is, oh. you know, which is not true, right? And it's specifically not true. You had a guy in Cody Old that was dominant and a beast. Like that guy was phenomenal. And, uh, you know, it only lasts so long. But uh, I shared it on the Coffee with the Cowgirls page. So that J.R. Vizane, the bareback rider that got in the wreck. That is so amazing. Okay, so I mean, the that trainer that's incredible. Okay, so the trainer that's working with him, and like I um, trained out of our place. I've known him for a long time. He is a very good friend, and I'm reading the article because I didn't know that Aaron had helped him. So, uh, and it's Aaron Brookshire Cow Horses. And if you're in Texas or any cult started, call Aaron because like he makes phenomenal horses. And uh, his uh, fiance shared the article. I just thought it was neat, right? So I started reading it. And there's a line in there. It says that JR had said he wanted to show cow horses when he was done riding bareback horses. And then he gets in this wreck and, you know, he's paralyzed from the weights down. And so he'd done a podcast and Aaron, list, Aaron Brookshire listened to it a couple years later. And he calls JR and he goes, I've been teaching, training non-pros that don't use their feet to ride my entire life. So what's different? <laughs> and like, if you know Aaron, that is the most Aaron line ever. Like, ever because he's very dry he's very funny and so i commented on ali's post which is his fiance right and i said that i was like if this like i was like this is the most aaron line ever so aaron calls me a couple hours later and he was just like i don't do facebook bullshit he's like so i'll call you so i talked to him for an hour and a half and it was really interesting because like aaron has grounded out he is a phenomenal horse trainer he is a very good showman but things have not gone great for him. Like, and I say that because tantamount to his talent, he hasn't had the acclaim he should have, right? He is a phenomenal cult starter. Like if you get a three-year-old from him, it is dirty broke. It feels like an aged event horse, right? He's had some very good horses and he's also made do, he's also done very well in horses that are not as nice. But for someone of his talent and caliber, you would think he would have a lot more money won than he does. And he still has a lot of money won. Like he's in the top 30 for the last three years of open trainers. But you, you'd think he'd have more when it comes to it. And he said after dealing with, and like I talked to him, like I said, for an hour and a half, and he and I have been close for a long time. And to listen to how his mindset changed after dealing with like Sage Newman and JR it's amazing because all the good parts of him, all those things that were like all the parts that you held on to when he was a grumpy horse trainer, because we're all grumpy horse trainers at some point have all come together. Right. He goes like, I realize I'm not going to go win the world, like knock down and win the world as an open guy, but I'm a phenomenal non-pro trainer and I should be really happy with what I'm so good at, which your is talent. true. Right. Like and he is, happy with your talent and he's like, so he is so talented and he's so talented as a horse trainer and he's still going to win. But it's like, you can just, it was awesome to hear like the consistent happiness and peace in his voice after dealing with someone. Cause it's the same thing, right? Like this guy went through a tragedy and now he's been brought into your life and you've been brought into his. And you know what, Remy? I have a feeling that it's, his name's Aaron, right? Yeah. Aaron's door just opened and it was because 
he opened up his heart and did something good for somebody else. Like, I, I mean, I get goosebumps and cry when I think of what he's done for JR, what JR has pushed himself to do. I mean, I can't imagine being, it probably helps that JR was a horseman before because being paralyzed, not being able to feel anything from the waist down and then strapping yourself onto the back of a horse takes a lot of trust, right? Um, to do it at high rates of speed or anything. That story is such a feel-good story and it's a story of success, overcoming fears, overcoming paralysis, overcoming so freaking much. It has been published and it has been put out there for the world to see. It's been shared so many stinking times. It has gotten in front of the eyes of many, many very good people. The door that was just opened for Aaron through JR because of the goodness that he put out into the world. Who knows where this is going to take him, Remy? No, it's going to be is, unbelievable. He is a, he is a, he is a fantastic horse trainer. He is, um, and he's, he's very, very smart and he works. So I, I think that's the thing. Like I've been around him for a long, before he came to our place, we leased him cattle because he was up at, a little bit North of us and like just, he works hard and he works so hard and he's so good to those. Like he's so good on those horses about the time. And like when you're done and I know this sounds horrible. A lot of times you get horses from a trainer that are worried about the futurity and you don't really have a horse left. Right. Like all they're worried about is that they just pushed him too hard. And like when you're done, when Aaron's done with futurity horse, you have a horse, like you have all the pieces to go make a bridal horse. You, so it was very neat, but it's the same thing, right? Like you had a guy that, was a little bit embittered and rightfully so, right? That things hadn't shook out the way you would want them to shake out. And just the like change in his tone of voice. And, um, and he and I have conversations a lot. Like this isn't a new conversation about talking to people about their goals. Like what are your goals? Right? Because it ma as a horse trainer, it really matters because if they want to be an open rider and compete at the top level, okay, great. We take one path to get there. And that's what he said. He's like, you know, for years I was trying to make these guys the best they could be. And I fell into that trap too, right? I want you to be as good as me. Well, some people are never going to be as good as you and that's okay. Like that's not a, that's not a bad thing. And some people are going to strive to be that good and they're going to land where they land, but that's also great, right? We know where we're pushing them to, but the hard part with some people is like, they just want to come have fun, right? That's all they want to do. And that's okay too. But you have to get out of the mindset that you're making everyone into an open rider, which I came to that conclusion a long time ago. And Aaron and I had had that conversation because we had it sitting in the back of my barn. I go, Aaron, you got to be like more honest with people. What do you want? From, what do they want from you? What do you want from them? And then you won't be so frustrated. And so he said, he's like, no, I just now like, what are your goals? Where do you want to go? And here's the steps to get here. Like, get there. and, uh, like he said, now he videotapes everyone. He's like, I don't even have to critique them. He's like, I do. Like we go through the run. He's like, but I videotape them. And then they're harshest critic. And then I don't sound like an asshole. <laughs> so, um, but he said that they got like, they went down to Harbor Freight. They got a wench to put him on the horse at the house. And then when he goes, and same thing. So when he and JR go, went to that horse show, he asked guys to help get JR on the horse, right? Because you can't take the engine wench up there to get him on the horse. And again, like that, that's that whole camaraderie of horses. You got guys that are helping you lift another grown man onto a horse to have him have success. How yeah. amazing is the horse that he rides? Yeah. 
So, uh, oh, cool. it's a, uh, but you know, that's, it's, and same thing, right? Aaron's put a, and Aaron's put a lot of good out into the world. I understand why he had some disappointment for a long time, but it was very neat. Same thing. He didn't have to, he didn't have to have a giant life-changing experience as far as some sort of wreck, but he listened to a podcast, reached out to a guy, and now here we are a year and a half later, and he has a more refined and more optimistic outlook on his life than he had, you know, the previous 40-something years. So horses, accidents, and you know, that's what he said. He's like, you can call it whatever you want, God, whatever it is. But he's like, I got, it got put, I, we got put together for a big difference. So I, you know, again, right. Are you under the mountain or are you on top of it? And both of them are very important. It's amazing. Well, Remy, I've got to get to work. I'm uh, going to go change because I'm really hot because it's hot, but I didn't um, want to get dressed this morning. So I put a sweatshirt on. <laughs> Called it good. <laughs> it's like, oh, here we are living the dream. Pretty much. All right, everybody. Um, have a great week. Hope your week is filled with sunshine and friends and good horses. And uh, if you're in the California, Arizona, Nevada area, come see us in Norco for 10,000 added and a good time. And it, that's this weekend. That's this weekend. Does it start Friday? Yes. Yeah, so we have an uh, <laughs> we have a clinic on Friday morning, followed by an RSNC, and then our Friday night lights on Friday, and then ranch sorting on Saturday and team pinning on Sunday. Because when you rent the arena, you can do as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, do a lot. <laughs> so well, good luck with your show this weekend, Remy. If you're in that area, go see Remy for um, a fun weekend on cattle. Um, until next time, be bold, be brave, be humble. We'll see you next week, Graham. Bye.